pretty big huge crowd here. Um, um, if you uh, first turn to Acts chapter 4, be our first page we'll be turning to, but I also have a hand in Acts chapter 9. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, there should be a, a, black, a hard black cover near you, and you'll be in page 804 and page 809. You know, first off, I just want to thank Pastor Wallace for giving me the opportunity to uh, speak behind his pulpit and to the congregation tonight. You know, it means a lot to me to be given this opportunity uh, to speak to you guys. And also, as, you know, I'm one of the young men to speak to you guys this summer, but also the youngest, which I'll be 21 this August. And I'm getting old, Brother Joe. I don't know how long I can do concrete for, but I'll give you my best. Um, but I also want to thank him, uh, Pastor Wallace for giving us the opportunity to start the Spanish ministry this year uh, with Brother Oscar. Uh, and it's been a huge blessing and encouragement to see my parents come here and to hear the Word of God, and you know, hopefully they get saved um, from hearing the Word of God. Um, you know, it's, the Spanish has been a huge encouragement to me, and also Brother Oscar, and to also know that you guys have been, you guys have been praying for us. And it's always a huge encouragement to know people are praying for you. Uh, some quick information uh, for those who might not know me or may not know me as well. You know, I'm Luis Patino Correa, and you know, I've been coming to Bible Baptist uh, Church since we were back in the OAW Hall. Now, it's been a long time ago. The building right here to your left, um, metal chairs, a lot of barriers. You know, it was fun times back then. Um, but as far as I can remember, you know, I've been coming since I was in second or third grade. I was in Brother Michael Allen and Heather Allen's class. Um, so I've been around 12 or 13 years ago uh, through the bus ministry. So, um, you know, I got saved when I was in OAW Hall and Brother Ron Quarters and Forrest West and Brother Jerry Stevens' class. You know, I remember the moment. You know, Brother Forrest was given the, the invitation that, that morning, and he was telling us how hell is a real place, and it's a terrible place to, uh, you know, if you were to die and you weren't sure, you go to heaven, you know, you will end up in hell. And knowing me, I was just a young kid, grew up in the trailer park, you know, I didn't want to go to hell. I don't want to be in constant torment. So, you know, I rose my hand out of the fear of hell, and, you know, uh, Brother Jerry took me out. You know, he led me to the Lord, you know, and I, don't, I knew I was a sinner going to hell, but I did not accept Christ. Um, I accepted Christ as my personal Savior, and so I accepted Jesus Christ that day, and, you know, we've been best friends. Uh, he's my personal Savior. Um, you know, if I were to give everyone a piece of paper and a pen tonight, you know, to tell you, write down your favorite person in the Bible, I wonder what you guys put down. Um, you know, there were many people here who would say Jesus is an obvious answer. You know, when I was a kid, I probably would have put Jesus, probably the only person I knew from the Bible. Uh, but, you know, there's, uh, you know, someone we put uh, out Peter because he, they can relate to him and what he did. Um, some would say Abraham, Moses, um, Joshua, Elijah, Ruth, great people from the Old Testament. And, you know, some would say John, the parents of Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary, the son of Jesus, the um, earthly parents of Jesus. You know, maybe some of the apostles from the New Testament. But, you know, if you were to come at me and ask me, please, who's your favorite person from the Bible? Um... You know, I would tell you this, you know, this person from the Bible, the Bible doesn't put a lot of spotlight on him, but, you know, he plays a huge role in someone's life. You know, and this is just a little gold nugget in the Bible that, he, that God puts, us for, puts, the, in, in, puts it in for us. Um, you know, and that man is Barnabas. Um, you know, if you're in Acts, um, Acts 4, we'll be in verse 36, you know, and Jose, we start off at verse 36, and it says, now, Jose, by the apostles, was surnamed Barnabas, which is, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, 
and you know, of the country of Cyprus, you know, having land, sold it, and then brought the money and laid it in the apostles' feet. Um, you know, we see that Barnabas is first mentioned in the Bible, in, um, right here in Acts. Um, you know, about something interesting the Bible tells us is that, you know, the, the Bible defines its name for us. Not, not many people get their get in the Bible, but yeah, alone get their name defined for us. You know, and the Bible tells us, you know, his name is the Son of Consolation, which is another name for exhortation, which is um, being able to persuade someone to take persuade someone to take action, or to encourage someone to keep at it and not to quit, and to keep at it. And in that same verse, you know, it tells us that he's from a tribal Levite in a country of Cyprus, you know, which is an island about 65 miles uh, from the coast of Cyrene. You know, in the, next, the very next verse, uh, uh, the, the Bible tells us that Barnabas had a land and possibly houses, you know, whether that be in Jerusalem, where he was at in Jerusalem for the church, or in, back in his home country in Cyprus. You know, they, and it, you know, it tells us that he sold it. And, then he brought, and you know, he sold the possessions and all his lands, and then he brought it to the feet of the apostles. You know, it's interesting that a few, verse, few verses in, I believe, verse... You know, in verse 34, neither were there any among them that lacked, for as many were in were possessions of land or houses, sold them, and brought to the prices of the things that were sold. You know, it's interesting to note that, you know, the Bible tells us that people in the Church of Jerusalem had many wealthy things and possessions, you know, and they sold it and gave it to the, to the Church of Jerusalem. But the God goes out of his way, you know, and tells us that Barnabas, you know, this man Barnabas sold everything, you know, and gave it to the, to the Church of Jerusalem. Man, I don't know why God did it, but, you know, he did it for a purpose. And, I mean, I always wonder if he, you know, if he has a lot of possessions, you know, worth millions of dollars, maybe, or it could have just been worth a piece of land in Lindenwald, five cents. And, you know, he gave it all. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe one day we can ask Barnabas and God why, you know, they sold it and why God put it in his word. But it was sitting there for a purpose. Um... You know, if we go back to um, Acts chapter 9, where we, for most of the tonight, we'll be there for the most of the night, you guys, if you guys could stand for the reading of God's word, we'll be in Acts chapter 9, verse 26. You know, it says, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, and he said to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. You know, and believe not that he was a disciple, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them, you know, how he had seen the Lord you know, in the way that he had spoken to him. You know, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with him coming in and going out of Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord uh, Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they, were, they went about to slay him. Uh, you guys might be seated. Quick water break. You know, we see that in this passage that there was a person named Saul. Um, Saul, who wanted to join himself a group of the, uh, a group of believers in the Church of Jerusalem, but everyone was afraid of this man of Saul. You know, and didn't believe him that he was a, a fellow believer in Christ. You may ask me, but why? You know, well, if we go back to chapter uh, at chapter eight in the same book in verse one, you know, we read from verse one to verse three. You know, it says, and Saul was consenting on his death, and at this time there was great persecution against the church of church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And a devout man carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. 
As for Saul, you know, he made havoc of the church entering to the house, into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Uh, and if we were to jump to, back to chapter 9, uh, maybe in the first two verses, you know, it says, And Saul, yet breathing out, threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to, to the synagogues, that if, he, if they, that if he found any other way, whether it be were men or women, you know, they might bring them bound to Jerusalem. You know, we find that Saul was persecuting Christians, Christians, uh, the churches that were near them uh, for their faith in Jesus Christ. So rightfully so, people would be afraid of them, would be afraid to be near him or to find out that you know, Saul was coming. You know. um, but luckily, the story doesn't stop there. You know, we see in the very next verse from our text, we see that it says, But Barnabas, you know, here we see that, that when no one was willing to take a stand for Saul, a man who was known for killing and persecuting and putting people to, uh, to jail for their faith in Christ. You know, Barnabas saw something different. You know, he took a stand for Saul, that he was a fellow believer in Jesus Christ at this time. You know, Barnabas you know, took him to the apostles and told them everything that he had seen from Paul, which is known here as Saul. Um, you know, he preached boldly at Damascus and you know, spoke boldly in his name of Jesus Christ towards the Galatians. Even so, they were about, the Galatians were about to kill Saul for what he was speaking about. And this is one of the many reasons, you know, why I would say Barnabas is my favorite, pers- uh, favorite person from the Bible. Because I can relate to him in, in many levels and many areas in my life. Um, I lost my spot again. Oh, I found it. Uh, God has put many people in my life that who took chances on me for the good, you know. When I was just a kid from a trailer park, you know, our community was mostly Hispanics. Um, we had uh, the bus ministry workers like Brother Joe Mays, Leticia, uh, Steve Setzer, and uh, Brother Tim Smith driving the buses and, you know, picking up uh, bus kids every Sunday morning, knocking on their door, and waking them up for church. Man, good old times. Um, and as I grew up older, you know, joining the youth group, you know, I had Brother Joe Clowder and Brother Josh Miller as our youth leaders. You know, Joe Cla- even Joe Clowder left us not just once, but twice as he was making transitions, but, you know, I forgive him. But also, uh, Pastor Wally, um, you know, if they weren't for these people, you know, I'm not sure where I'd be. I don't know if I'd be in this, right here, right now, preaching to you guys, or I'd be somewhere else. But I'm glad they took a chance on me and able to show me the Word of God. Now, with the time, now with the time remaining, you know, I, wanna, I have three observations and applications, that we, and we'll be done tonight. I'll try not to be long, but we'll find out. Uh, you know, first, are you saved? You know, we see Saul goes from persecuting Christians in the churches and putting people to jail for their faith, you know, in Christ. But, you know, but then goes wanting to join a church in Jerusalem. And he's seen preaching boldly the word of God. You know, but what happened? You know, he got saved. Um, the Bible tells us, you know, if we're to go, um, go back to Acts chapter, well, same, same chapter, but to verse 4, um, we see, you know, Many people know Acts chapter 9 is a, the chapter that Saul got saved on the road to Damascus. Um, you know, we see in verse 4, you know, he fell on the earth and he heard a voice saying unto Saul, unto him saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said unto him, said, and the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest, and it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You know, he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told of thee what thou must do. 
So we see here that um, Saul meets the Lord. You know, as we said earlier, as I said earlier, Acts chapter 9 is the moment, the chapter is known as when Saul got saved. And you know, it's just amazing to me how God can save anyone that puts their faith in Christ and asks him to be their savior. You know, have you? You know? And if not, you have not, you know, today's a great day to get your salvation settled. You know, Max Luis, you know, how do you get saved? You know, I'm glad you asked. Uh, in order to get saved, first off, we need to come to the realization that we're all sinners in need of a God. You know, in Romans 3.23, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, uh, but what separates us from God is that God is, it would be sin, my friend. Uh, but what is sin? You know, sin is when we've broken one of God's ten basic commandments or we went against what God has told us not to do. So, you know, I want to have a small quiz. Everyone should hopefully pass, hopefully. You know, I like to call this a good person quiz. Uh, number one, you know, have you ever lied or even told a white little lie? Yes or no? So, yes. You know, you're a liar, my friend. <laughs> number two, have you, seen, have you ever stolen anything that was not yours? You know, that could be about looking over to your buddies or your friends during the quiz. You know, you saw an answer that you didn't know. You know, you saw an answer or you probably just flat out took something that wasn't yours. Um, you know, the Bible, you're known as a thief. Um, and the last question, maybe the end of the quiz, you know, have you ever murdered someone? And Luis, you may be thinking, you may be thinking Luis, I haven't killed no one, nor, nor will I ever. Congratulations, you know, I haven't either. Um, but, but you may, you know, if you, if you go to First uh, John chapter 3, verse 15, No, it says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. You know, the Bible clearly tells us, you know, if we, have, if we have ever hated our brother, you know, we committed murder in our hearts. So, if we hated our brethren, you know, God clearly tells us we're a murderer. Now, you're starting to get the idea that, you know, in the eyes of the perfect, righteous, and holy God, that we're not a good person after all. And our sin separates us from God. You know, you're getting the right idea. You know, now that we see that what sin is and what it does, you know, what's the big deal? You know, the big deal is our sin, and it has a penalty for it. You know, in Romans 6.23, you know, it says, Thou, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, and it's, um, you, know, you ask, well, what's a wage? You know, a wage is a payment for something we did. You know, everyone, not everyone, but you guys might know, I work for Brother Joe Mays, you know, and every week I'm supposed to turn in a, a timesheet, Monday morning, supposedly, I'm still working on it, you know. <laughs> um, you know, for each week I work, say, 40 hours, you know, I get paid for 40 hour works I work, 40 hours that I work, and every two weeks I get paid, uh, not pesos, unfortunately, but dollar bills, which I gladly take. <laughs> Amen. Um, um, and so, because we sin against God, you know, our wage and our payment for because of our sin, you know, is death. You know, God cannot overlook our sin because we sin. You know, He's a He can't overlook it because He's a holy and perfect God. And it is important to note that you know, there's two deaths that the Bible speaks about. You know, the first death is a physical, 
Right? And everyone's going to go through this. When you were born, you're going to go through physical death. Um, you know, the second death, you know, the Bible speaks, uh, speaks about is in Revelation 21, verse 8. If you guys can turn there quickly. Twenty-one verse eight says, "But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderer and homemonger and sorcerer and idolater and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death." You know, we see here. You know, the second death is for our soul. You know, your soul is either going to go two places, heaven or hell. You know, I don't want to. I want to risk that chance. You know, I want to know that I'm going to heaven, a hundred percent sure. You know, but luckily the Romans. But luckily, Romans 6.23 doesn't just end there. Um, you know, God has a gift for us through his son. And if, we're, and if we're to go to, back to Romans 5.8, you know, it says, But God commandeth his love towards us, and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, we see that God showed or commanded his love towards us that, you uh, know, that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, we can never, can never get our heaven to our, with our own works or our own goods or our own good deeds. Good deeds, or no amount of money can buy us into heaven. Um, you know, Ephesians two eight and nine says, "For by grace you are saved through faith, and not of yourself, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." You know, clearly you cannot work your way into heaven, no matter what people tells you. Um, but, you know, God sent his son, Jesus Christ. You know, he lived a perfect life, and he never sinned a life on, while he was on earth. You know, when he was crucified, you know, he died for the sins of mine and yours and the whole world, past, future, past present, and future. You know, grace is getting something you don't deserve. And so, we don't deserve to be saved. You know, there's nothing we can do to deserve heaven because of what Adam and Eve did, sinning in, sin in the garden. Man, pray for, pray for me, guys. <laughs> uh, well, when they sin, and man, give me a second. <laughs> when Adam and Eve sin in the Garden of Eden, here we go. You know, you know, if you could, if you know, you could work your way into heaven. You know, what was the whole purpose of Jesus coming to Earth and dying for us? If we could just work our way in, it doesn't make sense. You know, you got, you have to call on Him and to save you. Romans 10, 9, uh, Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 9, and 13, you know, clearly shows us that, uh, that if thou shalt confess with, the, with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. In verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the Lord, call upon the Lord, name of the Lord, you know, shall be saved. You know, prayer is not just some magic words. You know, it take, you got to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ, you know, came on earth, lived a perfect life, you know, died for our sins, you know, and that he rose again from the third day, and he will save you from your sins. You know, I, I beg for those who don't know Christ as their personal Savior, you know, they get that settled before us tonight. You know, we're not promised another day of life. You know, we could just walk out these doors and like that, we'll be gone. God doesn't promise us another day. Don't risk it. I beg. You know, there'd be, there's many people here who would gladly take you and show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. Um, or you can find me afterwards. Well, I'm all sweaty. <laughs> uh, but point number two, you know, are you willing to take a stand? 
you know, we see back in, uh, back in our text in Acts 9. There goes my paper. No, and that, Acts 9, that Barnabas took a stand for Saul when no one believed Saul, and rightfully so. Now, don't get too quick to judge these people, these believers. You know, put yourself in their shoes. You know, Saul was a man putting Christians in jail for their faith and killing them for their faith. And when they saw him, many of them were afraid. And I'd be scared too. And if I knew Saul was coming to Bible Baptist, you know, I'd be going back to Mexico, trying to hide my way until I know the coast was clear and come back. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but luckily Barnabas you know, took a stand for him. When no one else did, you know, he took him to the apostles and told him what he had seen of Saul. Um, you know, that brings up a question. You know, what are you taking a stand on? And are, are, you, are we taking a stand on things that God teaches us to do on what the Bible tells us and what's right and wrong? Or do we just tell us what the world wants us to do? You know, I heard this from a, from a guy, from a preacher. You know, I can't remember exactly, but just bear with me. You know, if, you know, if we're not able to stand, take a stand on the small things now, you know, how are we supposed to take a stand on the big things later? You know, do you pray daily? You know, do you read the Word of God or try to let the Word of God teach you something daily? Do you try to soul win or pass out flyers the Great Commission commands us to do? You know, these are the small things we can take a stand on, do daily in our lives, which will help us uh, later on in our life to take bigger stands for our family and our, and our kids. You know, what, what are you scared of? What are you scared that's stopping you to taking a stand for Christ and to do what God wants you to do? Well, do what God wants us to do. And if we cannot take a stand for Christ, who's going to take a stand for him? You know, God puts us here for a reason, and he wants us to take a stand with his word in our hands. And we see that Paul, also known as Saul, but, you know, God, has changed, but God changed his name later, would end up taking a huge stand for Christ in his life. And I encourage you uh, on your own time to read the rest of Acts on your own time. But what Paul went through, uh, we see he, he saw people getting saved, uh, starting churches all throughout Asia, discipling people, you know, he, he got beaten up badly, and you know, he almost died for stand, standing for Christ. You know, he's, he, was, he got cast into prison for his faith. So he, he took a huge stand for Christ back in, in 2,000 years ago. Yet we're here scared, shy, to share our faith with other people, random people we might not know at gas stations or at um, grocery stores, or to even invite our family or friends out to church. You know, they hear the word of God. Man, I encourage you, take a stand. You know, start small if you have to. Read your Bible a chapter a day. Uh, pray to God two minutes, morning and night. Um, pass out one flyer, track. You know, but don't just be contempt. But don't just be contempt to be there the rest of your life. Try to grow, you know, as grow daily. Increase, increase when you can't take more as needed. You know, last point, I'd be done. You know, are you, who are you helping? Um, we see that Barnabas was a huge part into Paul's life and getting it started. You know, we see that Paul was able to was able to do because of one man who helped him, other than Jesus Christ, and it was Barnabas. You know, Paul would go on to write the majority of the New Testament, you know, from the books of Roman to the book of Hebrew. And he spread the word of God to the Gentiles and the nations who did not know Christ at all. You know, to plant many churches and see people get saved and disciple them. You know, I'm I'm glad I had people in my life who who took me under their wings to teach me the things of God, like Brother Joe and Leticia, the bus ministry, the, the youth group, uh, Joe and Pastor Wally and all the, the pastors who are in the Bible Institute. 
and to everyone else who helped me, I'm, you know, I'm here serving Christ with all my mind, heart, my strength and ability. And I'm glad and I'm able to help out other people where I can help out. And it brings me joy to serve others. But no, the question is, well, who are you helping? Are you helping areas where you can help in the church? Are you a part of a cleaning crew or a mowing, uh, mowing crew? You know, from what I hear from Pastor Wally, it sounds like the nurse always can use an extra few people on the rotation. Do you, you, know, do you help our teenagers out? You may ask, Luis, you know, how can I help a teenager out? You know, maybe some of us are old or you're trying to transition out of the teenager phase. Um, well, do you pray for them? Do you pray, do you pray for them for that God will protect them and be with their safety daily? You know, they're, they're dumb and not, not right, something's not right in their peanut head. But, you know, we were all there at some point in our lives. We're our teenagers. You know, do you pray for their safety? You know, that, that they will get closer to God and get a fire for the God and to do the plan, God's plan for their life. You know, do you pray for the youth leaders that, as they teach them from the Bible? You know, but I hope you guys have been praying especially from this week as they're, on, as they're in their youth conference getting closer to God. You know, I mean, I miss the days as I could get, uh, go to the youth conference in Camp Kobiak. Great memories, but they kicked me out. Yeah, time to grow up. But, you know, do you pray for them? You know, it's, it's encouraging to see them all here. Well, not here, but to see them together and have close relationship with one with each other. You know, do you pray for their friendship? Do that they would grow and do many things for God? You know, you know, pick one or two things that you can do to help someone in their ministry. We're all glad you did. And the bus nurse can always use some help. Mowing crew, the nursery. You know, to wrap things up, and I have three questions, and I'll be done. You know, are you saved? If not, today is a great day to get your salvation settled. Number two, you know, are you willing to stand, take a stand for Christ? You know, and lastly, who are you helping, Pastor Wally?